In the 1970s, Daredevil documentarian Brian Trenchard Smith broke into narrative cinema with the Kung Fu car chase mashup, The Man from Hong Kong. This film featured incredible death-defying stunts which had never been seen on movie screens before, including one stunt where star George Lazenby was lit on fire against his wishes. He followed up The Man from Hong Kong with a more outrageous action film, The Death Cheaters. After The Death Cheaters impressed audiences worldwide, he traveled to America to make Stunt Rock, the ultimate combination of on-screen action <laughs> and face-melting rock and roll. Returning to his native Australia in the early 1980s, he made the film Turkey Shoot, a.k.a. Escape 2000, a.k.a. Camp Blood Thatcher. Turkey Shoot was a film about a concentration camp in a totalitarian society which allowed rich adventurers to hunt human beings for sport. It was a bloody, violent, dystopian re reflection on where Trenchard Smith believes society to be heading. Film producers Tom Broadbridge and Paul F. Davies were blown away by Turkey Shoot's orgy of carnage and violence and quickly moved to hire Brian Trenchard Smith to direct the feel-good kids film BMX Bandits. It's that by video! Here's a movie that you never seen. Some ninjas or a crazy death machine There'll be smiles There'll be tears You won't watch a movie for about Eight billion years It's time for death By video Time for death By video And now The show will begin I'm Phil. I'm Kent. And I'm Graham saying welcome back to another episode of Merry Movie Mayhem. And we are doing the Australian film BMX Bandits, which is actually our first Brian Trenchard Smith film on the podcast. We're just going to say, yeah. Hard to believe. Uh, this film also will just get it right out of the way. Uh, it does feature a very young Nicole Kidman, although it was not her first film, but I'll get get into that in the notes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, her breakout film, sort of. Yeah, it was her breakout film. Um, but uh, the film was originally written to take place entirely in Melbourne, but Trenchard Smith convinced the producers to relocate it to Sydney to take advantage of the varying locations there. And I do have to point out, like, when you think of Sydney, you think of the Sydney Opera House and downtown. This definitely took advantage of a portion of Sydney that you don't really see, like, filmed much. Um, although I did recognize part of it because it was also the place where a lot of the 1990s television show Flipper was filmed. The one with Jessica Alba, if you remember it? No. Kate, you remember it? Uh, Flipper? Yeah. Vaguely. Yeah, with Jessica Alba. It aired on YTV. Um, and there's more connections to Flipper uh, coming up. What was the uh, other Dolphin show? I remember an older Dolphin show. There was like a cr crime-fighting Dolphin, wasn't there? Are you thinking of Sequest? Sequest! <laughs> That was like the same time as like Ace Ventura Pet Detective. It was like a big, there was like a big dolphin wave happening in the mid nineties there. And, and uh, Orcas too with Free Willy. Oh yeah. Well, Flipper was originally like a 1960s TV series that constantly got remade and redone. And it was like the 1990s version was the most well-known. There was a 1990s movie starring Elijah Wood and Paul Hogan called Flipper. I vaguely and remember that too. But the Flipper from Flipper, the TV show, was more of a crime fighter. So, nice. Yeah. 
And that's where that was also Jessica Alba's breakthrough role. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about BMX Bandits. Uh, the film was also originally going to be called Water Rats, but thankfully the title was changed to BMX Bandits. I have no idea why it would be called Water Rats. It's just a bizarre title. It's, it's called something different in the States. I forget what it was called. Yeah, yeah. So despite BMX Bandits being a badass title, in the States they changed the title to Shortwave. Shortwave? Based Is it Shortwave on- Radio? Exactly. I guess there was a that was there was a boom, uh, a shortwave excitement boom. People were really into walkie talkies. Oh yeah, I remember walkie. I wanted a walkie talkie real bad. Me me and my brother had some walkie talkies. Nice. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's and that's where the name comes from: shortwave walkie talkies. Uh, The film is also a favorite of Quentin Tarantino, who is quoted as saying, "I hate the Goonies, so watch BMX Bandits instead." (laughs) And I agree. I don't like the Goonies either. It's trash. I'm not sure if I've ever actually sat down and watched the Goonies uh, in one sitting. I've seen like the second half before, uh, like when I was a kid. It was never like one of the movies we had as a uh, in our house, so I never really watched the Goonies. But I would see it occasionally on TV, but only like the last fifty minutes or so. Uh, so I've never gotten the full Goonies. I've never been on the the Goonies train really. Just picture a bunch of 12-year-olds yelling at each other for 90 minutes. Yeah, I remember. And then the, hey, you guys. Yep. Hey, you guys. I got the necessary cultural uh, references. It was way longer than 90 minutes. It was like two hours. Oh, God, was it? Yeah, it was like two hours. Felt like five hours. Yeah, I was not a fan. Um, So Nicole Nicole Kidman, uh, this was one of her first films. uh, She was one of over 200 actresses that auditioned for the role of Judy. Um, and after being cast, she learned how to ride a BMX bike. However, there were no female stunt doubles in the film. Um, and all of Nicole Kidman's stunt double doubling, she didn't do some of her own riding in the, in the movie, but, but a lot of the stunts were done by an 18 year old boy in a wig, which is very clear when you're looking for it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was always like looking like there's some times where she's just like parking the bike and you can see her face, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Lots of shots of bottom brackets. Yeah. Uh, and she actually did injure herself during a stunt during the movie. She sprained her ankle uh, in the scene where she jumped into an open grave in a really like I love that graveyard scene. Um, so let's start with the movie before I dig too much more into the behind the scenes facts. Uh, who wants to start it off? Well, uh, I, it starts off with a bank robbery, from what I can remember, with uh, guys wearing pig masks, um, making little pig sounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're in a van wearing pig masks. They pop out of the van, they go into a bank and they do this very efficiently, which is funny because the, the bad guys uh, are so inept for the rest of the movie. That you're <laughs> like, how did they even pull off this one bank job? Uh, but they do that pretty well. Um, you know, they're scary and they threaten people and they get out of there with the money. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we meet our, uh, our two, our two boys, uh, goose and PJ. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do want to point out that before even that har- happens, the film opens with shots of like a harbor and uh, a really awesome 80s bass guitar driven theme kicks in. How could I have missed that? Yeah, yeah. And Phil, you wanted to say something? Yeah, about the bank robbers. It's uh, three little pigs and the getaway driver is the big bad wolf. Right. I forgot about that. And yeah. they do something. They do something really smart, which is they use one vehicle to smash through the window, yeah. and another vehicle to get away. So yeah, it's is... like it confuses everybody, and you're like, "What happened?" So like the like everyone's focused on the van that smashed through the window. No one's focused on the station wagon that they escape in. 
Yeah, this is very proto right. point break, proto heat. Yeah, definitely. This, this is as smart as the villains will be the entire film. For the rest yeah. of the film, they are bumbling idiots. Yeah. They're really good at, <laughs> at the actual act of crime. Everything else they're worthless at. Um, but I should point out that they are they have no subtlety at all with like they drive a van through the window of the bank bank to smash to get in. And at one point, one guy, one uh, bank robber holding a shotgun to a person's face says, you're staring death in the face. Like, these guys are ruthless. But Yeah, he probably yeah. rehearsed that one at home, you can tell. Like, that's something where he was like, what am I going to say? Like, you, you want to sound badass. So that's what he came up with. Yeah, yeah. and we uh, we see, like you were saying, is it, it's PJ, right? PJ, uh, who hilariously, um, as a kid from Sydney, is wearing a T-shirt with the Sydney skyline on it, as you do, yeah. uh, being from a place, mm -hmm. um, and Goose. Yeah. And we kind of meet them. Um, PJ is wearing very short shorts, as uh, was the fashion at the time, yep. really showing those legs. Mm -hmm. um, Goose is kind of the, the funny one who's always kind of a pessimist. PJ is the uh, dumb one who's a bit of an optimist. That's mm -hmm. kind of yeah. their deal. I forget exactly what they're doing. Oh, they're putting on. They're just like, having fun. They're riding around on their bikes. Doing little and stunts. Very, <laughs> and they're very sensible because, you know, they've got the elbow pads. They've got the helmets. You know, they've got the eye protection. Their nose and mouth are protected. Yeah. I do want to say, so at the end of the film, there is a please don't try these stunts at home. Yes. Like, I have a feeling like Brian Trenchard Smith. A lot of his movies are known for their like insanely dangerous stunts. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to the general public, he's very concerned about health and safety. It's a kid's movie. So, yeah. of course, it's going to have that disclaimer. Yeah, I, I was going to save that for the end. But, yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned that, though. Yeah. I also want to point out this is a kid's movie that doesn't suck. Like, yeah, like it's super fun. And it's one of those things that just reminded me, like, kids movies don't all have to be fart sound effects or hidden in jokes for parents like this movie like entertained me as much as if i was a kid like yeah it's it's kids that steal some walkie-talkies from some bad guys and the bad guys want to get it back so they have to use their bmx skills to avoid getting caught and i mean it's brian Trench that's the plot by the way <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, 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 <laughs> we don't even have to go over anything else the scene yeah, by guys, scene breakdown death by video i've been graham um, <laughs> <laughs> no. final thoughts no uh yeah that is the plot of the movie but um what I I really liked about the film is because it's Brian Trenchard Smith directing it. Like, have you guys seen, I mean, I think you guys are both when we did the movie night for dead end drive in. Yes. Yeah. So he like is so good at shooting car chases and so good at shooting action that like the action and car chases in this movie didn't feel dumbed down. No. Uh, and there were certain moments where like, especially like where you could see the real actors faces and there's like, like a car chasing right behind them or going beside them. I'm like, that's so dangerous, especially with child actors. But uh, as far as I know, no one got hurt on this movie. Except um, for Nicole Kidman's uh, sprained yeah. ankle. Yeah, yeah. But that's like one of those freak things where it's like out of all the stunts, that's the thing that does it. Falling into a grave. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone even got hurt on The Man from Hong Kong where uh, Jimmy Wang Yu, who was the star of the film, he didn't hold back punches or kicks when he kicked people because he hated white people. <laughs> he, he literally, one of the stuntmen was interviewed on the Blu-ray just saying like, yeah, he just kicked me for real. Like there was no like faking it with him. And I just thought like, oh, is this how they do movies in Hong Kong? And then that actor went on to go and do some movies in Hong Kong. Turns out, no, that's just how that guy treated us. Um, but back to this film. 
So yeah, we're introduced to Judy. She's working a dead end jo- summer job at like a a, sh- uh, a grocery store. Yeah, grocery store. She's the she's collecting shopping carts. I've done that. Yeah, and then some obnoxious like other BMX rider uh, is just like harassing her the whole time. Like, why don't you hang out with me later on? And she's like, I can't. While he's like screwing up her day. Um, he's he's taking the carts off, or she's putting them in a thing, and he's he's yeah. taking the uh, end cart off. Uh, and then she has to go get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like the one fat, uh, the one fat kid. Like, it, basically, every subsequent joke is at his expense uh, in the movie. Yeah, that didn't age so well. But I mean, no. as far as I understand, Australia is a country of athletically uh, fit people. Yeah, <laughs> and this kid has like strong, like Francis and Pee Wee's Big Adventure energy because mm-hmm. he's kind of like a spoiled brat as well. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I think he's the only kid that doesn't join the BMX army at the end of the movie. He does. He does. Yeah, yeah. he does. Cool. I didn't see him. Um, he but comes so, around. Yeah, he comes around. They're all friends. Yeah. It's neighborhood uh, kids, you know? Yeah. You squabble, but you unite when there's a international crime ring. Yes. Syndicate. Yeah. Get involved in your business. But anyway, so some of these carts that the fat kid like pushes away from Nicole Kidman wind up going... Uh, out into the the uh whatchamacallit they get got into the way of pj and goose and they wind up hitting their bmx bikes over them bending the the shopping carts and damaging their bikes and resulting in nicole kidman getting fired and then pj and goose it's it's very unreasonable it's just yeah (laughs) like they weren't even angry at her or anything like that like the 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 bicyclists but the guy's like you're out of here trying to do an australian accent but i'm not going to try folks don't yeah, worry yeah. um that was even worse he's also wearing like a he's wearing the classic like um shirt with a tie but like shorts he's got like these little shorts on little it's a very australian shorts. look from what i understand um there's gonna be a lot of australian jokes in this episode but uh but what else i should point out is that like the reason why the two guys aren't upset is that it's Nicole Kidman that they that they like ran into. So like, yeah, she's super cute. Yeah, what kid is going to be like? And she's also into BMX biking. And they like, she's much taller than them as well. Yeah, yeah. which is realistic for that age. Yes, yeah, so but sure. I uh, I have to say, like, I like the fact that these kids all got along. Like they were friends. They were. Even- there is some funny tension, sort of like you're like, well, which one's she going to end up with? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Turns out neither. Um, yeah. Well, she's she's given she's given uh, Goose some looks at the end of the movie. I think. Yeah. No. We all determined we were we were trying to ship her and Goose. Uh, of course, I mean Goose watches movies that I would like. Like every movie is a reference to some drive-in horror movie that he saw. <laughs> yeah, he's obsessed. He's grossing her out with descriptions of like these like zany B horror movies throughout. Full disclosure: I used to do that, and then didn't understand why the girl wouldn't talk to me again. <laughs> well, here's the thing. You can tell that she's. Uh, see, we were we were shipping shipping goose. Um, you can tell that she's sort of into it uh, later. She's kind of uh, coming around to goose because she uses that same tactic against yeah. the bad guys uh, when she's uh, uh, kidnapped. Yeah, uh, which we'll get to, um, and scares the shit out of them with the uh, scary stories. I also have to say, these kids like they're definitely like got good heads on their shoulders because like when they when post. Uh, Judy getting fired and their bikes getting damaged. They all go out to like a, uh, you know, like a, a takeout spot, I guess. And they get milk. They don't get pop. 
which I was just like, oh, like they're clearly, um, they're clearly aware of like, hey man, like we're riding these bikes, we need strong bones, so we're gonna drink our milk and not drink <laughs> get our calcium. Yeah, the calcium. Um, uh, so then they decide like, hey, if we all team up together, we can raise enough money so that we can get our bikes repaired. You can get some wheels, and and we can all have a BMX summer together. And so, yes, Kit. Oh, I'm just gonna advance the plot here because uh, then we return to the the bank robbers, mm-hmm. um, and they are headed by some British fellow. Yep. Um, and um, they have some elaborate plot, and I forget exactly how it works, but it involves walkie-talkies, mm-hmm. some especially from the United States. Make, yep. They make a point of this. Walkie-talkies that are very important and then cannot be lost. That is the crux yeah. of this uh, caper they're going to pull off. Need these walkie-talkies. Mm-hmm. Um, and there you go. Yes, Bill? Well, they need. it's revealed that they need these walkie-talkies because it's the police radio. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. And to go back to your point, Graham, it's not just like, you know, like, it's not just the objective of them uh, fixing their bikes. They also point on building a BMX racetrack, I think it is. Yeah. We should point out that like basically BMX bicycles are treated like skateboards in this town. Yeah. They still are. Yeah. Basically. But it's pretty big. And it's the little stunt bikes, you know, it's the. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't see cops harassing people like get your push bikes as they call them. I'm like push yeah. bikes. Get your push bikes like push bikes are illegal in the plaza, which is basically like an outdoor mall for Australians because they have such nice weather. Um, so then uh, Judy, PJ, and Goose all decide to go looking for mussels, and I'm like, this is such a weird thing because in Newfoundland where I'm from, like in my dad's era when they were kids to earn extra money they would go and pick mussels off of wharves as well to like go and sell to like restaurants or whatever and so they're doing it and this is where they they discover uh basically the boss he's the british guy who is like running the whole thing he has the the contraband uh american police walkie-talkies brought in and they're being held off of a barge like wrapped up in uh, plastic so that they won't get wet and so the the kids, well, they're out looking for mussels, and then they find this rope going under the water. They pull it up, and it's the package containing the walkie-talkies. And they were like, okay, well, whatever's in this, we'll either sell or get rid of, and we'll just go and see what's there. So they head away as the bad guys, which is – their names are Whitey and Mustache because Whitey has white hair and Mustache has a mustache. Uh, like a little – like he's got the John Waters mustache, yeah. but only John Waters can pull that off. Yeah. And Whitey has like peroxide blonde hair. Exactly. Yeah. He looks like, he looks like Billy Idol or some shit. Yeah. I was say, he looks like Christophe Lambert in Luc Besson's Subway. Oh, nice reference. Yeah. If you've ever seen that movie, it's the most Euro trash 80s movie ever. So then the kids discover the walkie talkies and they're like, oh, hey, this is cool. Like everyone likes them. Like we can sell them. So they go out to test the range. And this is where they start to, this is where we start to realize, oh, the police can hear them and they can intercept police signals. Um, yeah. This is also around the, is it at this scene where, so this being a Brian Trenchard Smith movie, um, there needs to be a car exploding. So while yes. all this is going on. Yes, yes, this is that, this is that part. There's also a bit of like um, a mm-hmm. unintentional sexual innuendo that the cops are picking up and I can't exactly remember what it is. Neither can I. No, it's not too racy, obviously, but it's, it's, it's something. Yeah, it's a kid's um, But um but yeah, this is when there's a construction site and the guy's like, okay, when I say now, that's when you drop it. And then the kid goes, can you hear me now? 
and the crane drops this I-beam onto the foreman's car, which promptly explodes into a giant <laughs> And then they do the same gag again with uh, with a different thing. And like a house gets ripped apart. That's by right, yeah. yeah. Hilarious. I just love it. That's being in film, that gag for a throwaway gag is so expensive and time-consuming to film. Oh, sure. Like, but I know it's Brian Trenchard Smith being like, how do I do a movie without a car exploding? I don't understand. It, it did look like the most expensive thing in the movie. Yeah. And then they, at the end of the movie, when they're riding their bikes around the construction, or not the end, but like in the, the second, uh, in the, the, the third quarter of the film, when they're riding their bikes away from the, the bad guys, they pass through that um, construction site. And you see the car with the I-beam in it, but not burnt up though. So it clearly was like blown up like later after the fact. Um. And so then they go about the work of selling uh, their walkie-talkies, and they actually do they do okay on the first day, but then they wind up. Now, how do they get to the graveyard? Um, good question. I can't really remember. Um, they're just hanging out outside, and this is oh right, they're walking along. It's the end of the day. Oh, they're be- being pursued by the bad guys though. Yeah, the bad but they, guys clock them right away. Yeah. Um, they're not sure, but they are worried. If they're kind of wary of police because they yeah. realize that these, you know, these are kind of hot walkie-talkies. Yeah. And also, like, the fat kid is one of the people who buys a walkie-talkie for, like, 30 Australian dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> dollary dues, I believe they're called. Yeah, yeah. Nice. dollary dues. Um, <laughs> sorry, Australia. Uh, we're never going to get listened to there again. Um, but uh, what else was I going to say? Um so, and this graveyard scene is great. It's lit really well. It's atmospheric. And like the kids decide we're going to hide in a graveyard because no one will follow us in here. And the bad guys are actually concerned about them seeing their faces. So they put on like monster masks mm-hmm. to, them, to chase them through the graveyard. And there's an extended graveyard chase. That's awesome. This is where Nicole Kidman jumps into a grave where she sprained her ankle, but she jumps into there to hide from the bad guys. And then Goose gets in there as well. And they don't realize that, but Nicole Kidman or one of them is sitting on the walkie-talkie, and so PJ can hear them talking. And this Goose, is- Goose tries some stuff. Yeah, yeah, Phil, go ahead. But yeah, there there are also like some gags with the the inept bad guys because Nicole Kidman, like one of them, tries to grab Nicole Kidman, and Nicole Kidman like socks the dude in the face, and like his mask gets sucked in, and oh yeah, 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 and um. Oh yeah, there's another gag with PJ and the other with one. PJ, right? like he, he's like, you know, because they're such these these walkie talkies are so old school. They've got like three foot. Oh right. The other bad guy gets inadvertently poked in the eye. Well, it's because PJ can't raise the other guys, so he's like, "Well, I got to extend the antenna yeah. out." He jams the guy right in the eye, and he's like, "Oh my god!" Um, <laughs> it's a well played gag. It is. My uh, my favorite thing though is when. Uh, there's an awesome line in, in the graveyard sequence where um, the, uh, the, the kids say they might be police. They're always, they always go around in twos. And the other one says, yeah, but so do Mormons. They might be here trying to convert us. <laughs> and then the other one says like, like maybe they're not just at, maybe they're not after chasing after us for the walkie talkies. And Nicole Kim says, yeah, they're just a couple of normal everyday weirdos. Um, Another great line, which I'm going to steal. But the kids eventually. So, so what happens with Goose? Kit, he's like trying. He's trying some moves, but he's doing it very nice. He's not trying to be slick or anything. But he, he, uh, yeah, no, he, uh, he shoots a shot. He goes for the kiss. Um, she gives him, you know, kind of the brush off. 
Um, and he's like, oh, it's PJ, isn't it? You like him. Um, and then she's like, no, it's not like that, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and meanwhile, PJ is hearing the whole thing. So that's the yeah. kind of. I do have to say Nicole Kidman's character, Judy, like she let him down very well. It wasn't oh, yeah. a it wasn't a soul crushing destruction, which apparently uh, I've heard from uh, not personally, but like the Duplass brothers talked about the hardest scene they've ever had to write is a woman turning down a guy while not totally destroying them because they're going to be spending some time together. They're still going to be spending time together. So it was written really well. And then the kids escape uh, the hoodlums. And then the next day is when they finally sell all of their, uh, sell some of the walkie talkies and they finally get their bikes and they get their outfits, which are all colored. outfits. I know. Yes. And the outfits say BMX bandits on it. Matching BMX bandits shirts. Mm-hmm. And then they're all and like, Judy gets her branded helmet with like Judy, Judy on the back. On the back yeah. They all got like their, their personal color. Like Judy is yellow with, you know, the, the stars on the side. And I think um, Goose gets to be blue. And then, uh, then uh, PJ is red. Is red. Yeah. But yeah. they all got each other's colors incorporated into the design. It's a very like, man, did they, they just did this the next day. Like, yeah, they thought of all these patterns and stuff. Very impressive. And then they tell Judy, like, hey, show us what you got. And then Nicole Kidman's stunt double does a, a pretty cool <laughs> yeah. BMX bike riding. The the good thing about Nicole Kidman in this movie is that she's got a lot of uh, very curly hair, very poofy curly yes. hair, which she wears up. Yeah. So you can just stick a big uh, curly wig on a stunt guy. And Yeah, Nicole Kidman had curly hair until she arrived in Hollywood, and they straightened that out. It's interesting, but I have um, – there's, she had curly hair for a while, though. Like mm-hmm. it was like she still had like curly hair, like sort of like Days of Thunder, and, like far. And oh yeah. yeah, but it's like, but then when she starts doing like more Hollywood stuff, like Batman, Batman Forever, Forever, to die yeah. for, well, to uh, die for as well. I think that mm-hmm. was the uh, yeah the shift of gears. <laughs> but um, it's interesting because there is a podcast whose name escapes me and it kills me, but it's uh, it's run by some female actresses in Toronto, and they were talking about how like a lot of times they will get turned down their headshot having curly hair and occasionally they'll have to they'll have to submit it's like oh we like you but you know you had curly hair in your audition and we don't really know and their whole thing is like you can straighten it it's not a it's not a thing so it's interesting to see that like when nicole kidman got bumped up to those bigger higher profile profile roles and yes i know in days of thunder she had curly hair and stuff but it was Mm -hmm. the 80s and that was acceptable or it was 1990 yeah but yeah so, and then how do the, the bad guys now, like they're on a desperate mode to find these walkie talkies. How is it that they spot the kids again? Cause I just remember it starts an epic 20 minute uh, BMX bike chase. Yeah, they, they spot oh, God, I don't remember. So, oh no, how, what they do is they, um, they're able using the walkie talkies or they something like that. Pull Kidman down. They're able to, uh, to corner Judy and they're all like they're basically telling telling them we're gonna have to you know stab her kill her yeah whatever uh, but we'll pretend to be cops and they dress up I guess with like friggin' Whitey has like a yellow mustard tie and a friggin' fedora <laughs> um, and uh, the mustache there what's his name mustache um, yeah he's got like a like a thin like red uh, silver suit or something like that I don't know they look yeah. like hack cops um, yeah. and. They go to the bike shop or the airport hangar or whatever, wherever it is the BMX bandits sort of have their uh, base. It's, it's, yeah, it's a boat. Um, yeah, so, they, so the BMX bandits have hidden the walkie-talkies in this boat area. 
and they follow basically the the bad guys follow Judy to the boat area, and this is where they're like threatening her. And Judy, smartly enough, turns on the walkie-talkie and starts broadcasting it. However, the lads. Uh, oh, I remember how they they find they find the, uh, the the fat kid. They find him with one of the walkie talkies, and they get him to spill yes. the beans. Right, 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 right. Isn't that also how the police get to find them too? Oh yeah, the police, like the cop, the cops. There's like that one cop who she must be like a former like BMX band because like she catches when like oh PJ Goose those are they're BMX kids. Yeah, you're looking for a bunch of BMX kids. Um, so it's uh, so yeah. We also put, should point out there's like a bunch of cops in a station, like being like, "What's going on? Why is why is the why are these like civilians using the the public the private police band to like communicate?" So they're trying to track it down too. These cops have so much time on their hands, just listening to like these teenagers uh, conversing over walkie talkies. To be honest, I do think that would be a real issue, though, if like, oh, sure, <laughs> like, like private emergency lines were taken up by kids being like, do you want to go down and get a donut? No, I don't want to get a donut. I want ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it would be uh, be a bit of a hassle. So there uh, the Whitey and Mustache have Nicole Kidman cornered at the boat shop. And finally, she's playing it smart, though. She keeps yeah. on uh, giving them good lies and stuff and, and, and not giving them really anything. Um, she's able to, I think, um, turn on one of the walkie-talkies so her friends yep. can hear. They're listening to a friggin' radio just kind of on a uh, on the grass. So they don't hear it right away, but eventually they do. And they rush over on their BMX bikes. Um, and she manages to, to hold off the bad guys by saying, like, oh, well, like, she tells them a story about a horror movie she saw, which is clearly something Goose told her. And then she says, like, oh, the, the walkie-talkies are at my house where my dad is, and my dad is a black belt in karate. And I think it mustache says like, so what? He has a black belt. I've got a black car. Um, he I'm does like, too. He does have a black car. Yeah, which Whitey apparently doesn't know how to drive, um, which becomes a recurring theme. Uh, and so then they chase Nicole Kidman around the marina. I forget. Like, does she kick one of them or something? I think she kicks mustache in the she kicks in the one in the nards and escapes. The nards and escapes, and then she she runs down to the marina, and then I think gets into a boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is able to lock one of them in the boat and escape the boat. Yeah. She outfools these bad guys so easily. Yeah. Well, but like is this this is like the rowboat scene, right? Yeah. Oh, right. That's still tied to, right to the pier. That was very clever, yeah. So, like, the guys are racing to get there. She hops into a rowboat to escape from both of the bad guys, and she rows away. Yeah. But then, unfortunately, she didn't check to make sure that the boat was untied, and the bad guys start to reel her in like a fish. And then our here our our dudes show up with a um, with something that it's like some kind of like not a spear but it's like a like a makeshift jousting thing yeah basically and then the and, other one's got a fire extinguisher like a curtain rod or something and yeah a fire and the, extinguisher and yeah and the great thing is like the bad guys are like stop in the name of the law they're not stopping they're not stopping oh no and then they get hit and it's like yeah and they're being pelt with like wine crates it seems or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, well, I mean, orange crates, any kind of crate for a boat. And well, I guess for like fishing stuff, mm-hmm. maybe it's like a fishing crate. Yeah, yeah. The kids knock the bad guys into the water and then they pelt them with wooden boxes until they can get away. And now this kicks off like a really great pedal chase throughout uh, this particular suburb of Sydney where they go like, and the kids go everywhere. They go through construction sites, they go through streets, they go through the plaza again. It's amazing to me that they cannot shake these bad guys though in their like broken car. It's like there's one road going through uh, Sydney. <laughs> yeah. 
and they go down escalators and then they in the, a really cool scene they go down water slides which mm-hmm. i was yes i was like looking at this i'm like oh man this must have been a nightmare to film because you would have to have a camera in the water slide with the mm-hmm. actor going down while the actor is acting going down a water slide but it's so holding, well filmed while holding a bicycle i know yeah Brian it looked Jim, fun yeah Although the reality would kick in because I've had to bike in the rain. You wind up chafing pretty badly if you got wet oh, pants sure. on when you're biking. Yeah. So the kids bike away and then they get to this massive like. They've got special bicycle pants though, Graham. Yeah, yeah. It's right. And then they get to this massive, huge open. It looked like a, an airplane hangar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was empty. And they like lock the door and they're like, oh, we're fine. And then it's like, well, they're still on our tails. Like, yeah, but they'll never be able to get in here. And then the car rams right through a wall and we're treated to like some, for me being a filmmaker, a little white knuckle uh, (laughs) here because you just see the kids going around on bikes while this car is getting really close to them and narrowly Mm -hmm. missing them. But that's the old Brian Trenchard Smith way. And then eventually um, the cyclists escape. And how do they finally shake the bad guys again? I think, well, the car just eventually breaks down, um, smashes into something and Mm -hmm. the bad guys just can't, uh, chase them anymore i think yeah and then this is how oh no it, they go they leave the they leave it at oh i'm getting i'm getting mixed up i was uh remembering them driving through the mall and going through the stand there's all these things that happen and they have to yeah. come back through them and then it leads to the airport hangar yeah because uh, that chasing goes on forever man they 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 go all over the map it's great and they, like have, recycle the map the kids have excellent cardio for sure um is this the same chase scene where, like, the fat kid's the butt of jokes again, where they steal the fat yep. kid's ice cream and yeah, 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 yeah. on the ice cream cone? And he said, yeah, the fat kid sits on an ice cream cone, and then the fat kid gets hit by a, by a bed mattress. Yeah. And he um, face plants into, like, some concrete. Uh, does he? I don't or, or no, no, no. I think it's just soil. It's like he crashes mm-hmm. into, like, a construction site. Yeah. Yeah, there's some white sand or something. It gets all over his face. Um. They get away though, and then, then they get arrested. Yeah, they they somehow go to the cops. I can't quite remember how that happens. They're talking about it, and they're like, "No, that's a bad idea," because they're going to arrest us. Um, but then they end up going anyway. They get. I think it's the fat kid that that thinks on them. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And because um, it's it's after it's at this point when the uh, when the the police officer she says you're you're looking for BMX kids, and that's when they're able to like put it two and two together. And so then they're in there and they've given up that, but the cops are like, we're not going to actually charge you with anything. However, you did cause a lot of damage. Um, and, but luckily enough, you were able to point out two of the people that were involved, which we know were involved in this bank robbery. So there is a reward for their, for any tips leading to their capture. And old PJ is just like, you know what we can do police captain. And like goose is like, no, don't do anything. And the police sergeant is like, no, don't do anything. This is really dangerous. It's police work. You shouldn't as children should not be engaging, but this being a kid's movie, they engage. Of course they do. They sneak out the uh, police station with the walkie talkies Mm. just by crouching. (laughs) And this is where they incite like a a cyclist union with all their uh, BMX friends. And they decide we're going to take down, we're going to two strokes. We're going to use the walkie talkies as bait. We're going to follow the bad guys back to their hangout. And then we're going to call the police and the police will go and arrest them. And then we'll use the money to build a BMX park. It's like proto gleaming the cube basically. It really is. Yeah. yeah. Except mm-hmm. without a dead brother. Yeah. 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 
That's all this movie is missing. Is and the bones there are, and the bones brigades much smaller than you know, like every kid in Sydney apparently rides yeah. a BMX bike. It's true, but they don't have a Pizza Hut truck. No, no, which is fine. Pizza Hut's overrated. <laughs> um, I did like, yeah, like when they when all the kids got together, I was like, oh man, if I was a kid watching this movie, my heart would have soared because it's just sort of like, yeah, we're revolting against the grown-ups. <laughs> And that's all you do as a kid, like in my neighborhood, you ride around on your little bike. Yeah, I know. I had a BMX bike when I was a kid, but I didn't realize that BMX bikes were special. I just thought it was weird because it wasn't big and it didn't have multiple speeds. Like everyone's like, I got a 10 speed. And I'm like, well, I got a BMX. <laughs> yeah, same here. Because I, I think my first bike was a, one of my first bikes was a BMX. That same like, here. My parents got me at like a garage sale for like yeah. 15 bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, secondhand BMX bike. That's mm-hmm. what I had. That fell apart the first time I ride it, rode it, and then my dad had to put it back together. And like the brakes, where you just pedal backwards, you couldn't. Oh get yeah, backwards. yeah. Brakes, which now I would hate. Like just oh, yeah. do that. Yeah, handlebar bar brakes forever, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so the BMX army, they're pretty effective. However, the bad guys also, and like they're like, you've got your ammo, and I'm like, what's in this ammo? Is it marbles? Is it thumbtacks? Like what's in it? Turns out later on, it's flour. So, oh yeah, they, yeah, they've got flour. flour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The the bane of every bad guy. They know. I know. Yeah, flour bomb. Yeah. <laughs> Criminals uh, can't stand that. Yeah. Uh, so where do we go from there, guys? I forget how, but uh, I guess maybe it's the lure or whatever it is. But they manage to um, get Judy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the bad so, guys. They they so it's the the British boss uh, who's just uh, and mustache and whitey. They're in the sort of reconditioned car they've got going again. Yeah, He's complaining about being in the stupid country, wishes he could go back to Britain. Mm-hmm. Um, it's they're becoming more and more inept as uh, as the movie goes on. Yeah, um, which is funny because you know Australia is a country founded by criminals. They should be good at it. Yeah, I know. they shouldn't have to import from Britain. <laughs> <laughs> but um they they uh they grab uh, uh judy they they kidman nap her yep and they only keep her they they basically are like i saw what you did there kid they kidnap her <laughs> yeah it's <was> terrible <laughs> yeah uh and like whitey opens up the the container uh that should be holding the walkie-talkies but it's got a blanket in it and it turns out that all the kids on the bmx bikes are using the walkie-talkies to like track the bad guys to where they're going and uh what happened oh, oh and so basically our heroes pelt is it now that they pelt all the bad guys with flour Wait, the bad guys are in a truck now right they're in a van of some right sort. When, yeah right after that they yeah when they try they, they to make- switch the car they get judy um, and she hops into the she even like makes room like she gets into the into the car and then she moves to the back seat mm-hmm. to make room for the bad guys and I love um, how they're setting up this foam fertilizer test, like they're like a red herring. Like, yeah, hmm, we're just going to test out this foam fertilizer for no reason, unconnected to the rest of the story. Chekhov's foam fertilizer. Mm-hmm. And this is when Judy is uh, telling them all sorts of uh, horror movie plots and really freaking out the bad guys, and they're they're, yeah. they're having a hard time. Uh, and it's really hilarious. Yeah. Um, and uh, Goose and uh, PJ are, are are catching up. Yeah, so Goose uh, on foot, he he jumps into the back of their truck, and then P no, sorry, PJ on foot catches up the back of their truck. And, and by Goose the way, that's not. There's an overhead shot, and this is before uh, Jackie Chan's police story, and it's the real actor hanging off the back of that truck. Yeah, like he looks like he's going to be pulled under like any second, and yeah, 
like, oh my God. Uh, then Goose catches up and they're both on top of the truck and the truck is weaving around and it's the actual actors on top of the truck. Yep. Ah, it's terrifying. Um, and uh, then the, the truck runs into, of course, oh no. So I don't understand why, but apparently this truck has a blanket on the, on the roof above in the, of the cab. And so, so it doesn't get, so you can put it over the windshield and then it ah. doesn't get too hot inside. Right. Or too dusty. Cause it's the, it's the Australia. That makes sense. Something I would never think of. Um, and uh, so PJ and goose basically like flip the blanket over the truck. The truck loses control, goes right into the foam fertilizer. Hilarious. There's foam everywhere. All the kids show up. They pelt the bad guys with flour. Then the kids start beating up the bad guys, which is awesome. Yep. Then the police arrive and it's chaos. <laughs> And then they finally get the, the bad guys like arrested. And then we cut to the BMX track where our heroes have now have a BMX track and they're riding around in circles. Judy now has a pair of pants branded Judy right on the mm-hmm. bum. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah. That and they're getting trophies as the credits roll. Yeah. Right. She, she's holding up her trophy. She got first place. She's making eyes at Goose. PJ's there. He's supportive. Yeah. He's happy. He's a solid dude. He's not going to mm-hmm. get in the way of his friend. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's, and then we see that, like Phil, you were saying the uh, public service announcement, don't try this at home. Yes. Movie end. This is done by professional stunt actors. Do not uh, yeah. try this at home kids. Yeah. And I, I gotta say, I like this movie a lot. It was a fun time. Nice it's brisk, uh, like just under 90 minutes, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'll read some more behind the scenes notes uh, that I made. So Brian Trenchard Smith uh, wanted to take on the project as a homage to the comedies he grew up watching. Uh, he would go on to say, I wanted to capture the spirit of the Ealing comedies and British films of the fifties and sixties that were clearly aimed at children and delivered action and fun in a largely cartoonish way. If you look at the basic premise of the plot, the crooks clearly intend to kill the children at some point. So how do you disguise that and make that palatable for to an audience of kids and parents? Well, you make the crooks buffoonish. They're the gang that couldn't shoot straight. So that takes the curse of the underlying purpose. The film was originally going to be written and directed by Russell Hagg. Hagg is best known for directing the 1977 Australian meat pie Western, which is their version of the spaghetti Western, Raw Deal. And he was the art director on Stanley Kubrick's A Clockwork Orange. Uh, Hag wanted to make the kids in the film younger. They want, he wanted to cast nine-year-olds and the producers couldn't raise financing for that movie. So when they turned to Brian Trenchard Smith, he was like, let's make them er- in their early teens. Uh, the film was written by Patrick Edgeworth, who honestly I've never heard of and I haven't seen anything he's written. So just look up online if you want more information because I got nothing. Uh, like I said earlier, this is the first Brian Trenchard Smith movie we've done on the podcast. I'm a huge fan of his work. He is best known for the aforementioned Stunt Rock and The Man from Hong Kong, as well as Dead End Drive-In, Drive-In, not Drive-In, and Frog Dreaming, which uh, was Henry Thomas's follow-up to E.T. and Cloak and Dagger. In the 1990s, he moved to Hollywood and directed the films Night of the Demons 2, Leprechaun 3, Leprechaun 4, Leprechaun in Space, and many other films, including the religious sci-fi adventure film Megiddo, The Omega Code Part 2, which starred Michael Bean, Arlie Ermry, Udo Kier, and Franco Nero. He also, directed, yeah, he also directed several episodes of the 1990s Flipper TV series starring Jessica Alba, mm-hmm. like I was talking about earlier. 
He his most recent directorial work was actually a feature film called Drive Hard, which is also known as Hard Drive. Is that um, with Nicolas Cage? No, it's with John Cusack and Thomas Jane. Ooh. Yeah, and it's a like a uh, uh, someone kidnaps a stunt driver to uh, to help him with robberies. Drive so, Angry is the one I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, BMX Bandits stars Nicole Kidman in the role of Judy, who teams up with BMX Kids PJ, played by Angelo D'Angelo. That's some name and Goose, played by James Lugton. Well, so, like I, I checked out their IMDb afterwards. Like we were curious what happened yeah. to those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's mostly like you know Australian soaps and stuff like that, and and shit we've never heard of. Although uh, the guy that plays Goose does show up in um, Hacksaw Ridge, that Mel Gibson movie yep. from a couple oh. years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Australian yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll get into that. Uh, so many sources cite BMX Bandits as Kidman's first role, but her first role was actually the earlier film Bush Christmas, which was a remake of the really popular Australian 1947 classic film, also called Bush Christmas. Nicole Kidman has had a long and venerated career, including her international breakout film Dead Calm, as well as the Hollywood blockbusters Batman Forever, To Die For, Days of Thunder, Far and Away, The Hours for which she won the Academy Award. One Cold by Nose. Yep. As they Cold, say. Cold Mountain, The Others. Baz Luhrmann's Australia, Paddington, The Killing of a Sacred Deer, Aquaman, and Stanley Kubrick's Eyes Wide Shut. Uh, The aforementioned PJ was played by Angelo D'Angelo, who has one of the best names in cinema history. Uh, BMX Bennett's was his debut. He would go on to appear in the films The Coca-Cola Kid, Fast Talking, Queen of the Road, where he is credited, credited as punk in disco, and the film Emo Roo, which I don't know. In the 1990s, he mostly acted in TV series such as Flipper. Uh, and yes, the same Flipper. Uh, and he was also in the long-running Australian soap opera Home and Away, as well as Heartbreak High. Now, here's where it gets interesting. IMDb also lists him as appearing in several softcore adult videos. Ooh. But, yeah. a, but it was weird out of nowhere. And like, kind of like in between all of his other work. And I was like, how did this happen? So I looked into it, and I actually think there's just another actor named Angelo D'Angelo, and this is an IMDb screw-up. Ah. Because it's like they were shot in North America, like, at a time when he was on, like, TV shows. So, like, I don't think he was, like, dipping out to do totally nasty amateur video 10 or something. The fans of those. It sounds shorts. like a fake name. Yeah. Um, so the other BMX bandit is Goose, played by James Lugton, who also went on to appear in Home and Away which apparently was a rite of passage for Australian actors between 1988 and 2012. Like Coronation Street for British actors. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. Uh, he also appeared in the films Nightmaster, Candy Regentag, Garage Days, which was directed by Alex Proyas, and Hacksaw Ridge, like we said before. So the villains of the movie are Boss, played by, the boss, played by Brian Marshall. He was the British guy. And Whitey, played by David Argu. Now, I... Unfortunately, didn't look up any information on mustache. I apologize. Go to IMDb. <laughs> but Brian Marshall is a British actor who began his career in 1964 with the television series Teletale. He would go on to have 129 acting credits throughout his life. He sadly passed away in 2019 at his home in Australia. Some of his acting highlights are the 60s hit British TV series The Saint, as well as the hit British TV series The Avengers. He was in the Hammer Horror films Rasputin, The Mad Monk, The Witches, and Quartermass and the Pit, or Quatermass and the Pit, as it's also known. He would go on to appear in the James Bond film The Spy Who Loved Me, as well as the film The Long Good Friday. Mm. And after he relocated to Australia, 
He mostly did television, including Home and Away. So David Argo, or Argu, plays Whitey. He made his acting debut in the television series The Restless Years in 1977. He made his film debut in the 1981 World War I drama Gallipoli, which he co-starred in with a young Mel Gibson who would go on to direct Hacksaw Ridge, who cast Goose in, the, in that movie. He would also appear alongside Angelo D'Angelo in The Coca-Cola Kid and Backlash. He also appeared in the film Razorback, Coming of Age, Pandemonium, Blood Oath, The Shrimp on the Barbie, Breathing Underwater, <laughs> Hurricane Smith, Hercules Returns, Crime Time, No Escape, Angel Baby, Lillian Story, Roadkill, which is also known as Road Train, and I highly recommend Roadkill. It's a, an Australian film from 2010, and it's basically like what happens when you have a breakdown on the highway going through the outback and you're hundreds of miles from anyone. And finally, he appeared in the film The Mule, and no, it's not the Clint Eastwood film The Mule. It's another film called The Mule, which premiered at TIFF and got a lot of praise at the time, but then kind of disappeared. Uh, it's from 2014, and it's the story of a first-time drug mule who finds himself in police custody with a stomach full of narcotics and has to spend seven days trying to not take a dump in order to convince the police of his innocence. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I remember when it premiered at TIFF, as soon as I'm like, oh, my God, it's that movie about the guy who can't take a dump. That would be very hard. Yeah, for seven days. Uh, and so that's all my background on BMX Bandits. So, Phil, what are your final thoughts on BMX Bandits? It was fun. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're hanging around. There's not much I can really say. You know, it's it's just a goof, just a really silly mm-hmm. romp. Really well made, really well acted. Yeah, it's it's not the kind of thing you'd expect to be well made, and but yet it is. Mm-hmm. You know, apart from like the very obvious stunt work, it's, you know, it's yeah. very expertly done. Mm-hmm. Kit, what are your final thoughts on BMX Bandits? Uh, just basically, as as Phil said, it's uh, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a good poster, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Solid. Uh, yeah, I'd recommend it. Charming um, leads. <laughs> mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, they're all good. Um, yeah. Uh, Go, go ahead. My final thoughts are pretty much the same. It's super fun. I think that's the word that comes to mind the most. Like, it's it's unfortunate that Brian Trenchard Smith didn't make more kids' movies in North America and only got stuck doing, like, Night of the Demons 2 and Leprechaun 3 and 4 because I think he could have made some really good films. Like, like I said, like, I'm not a fan of The Goonies. I'm trying to think what other 80s kids' movies I really liked. I mean, I like Flight of the Navigator. Yeah, Flight of the Navigator. So I can't even say. But You never watched E.T.? We've been through this. I, I watched Mac and Me instead. When my parents went to the video but store. But you've never, you've never cleared that blind spot. Mm-hmm. No, and at this point, I'm not going to. Why not? So you just watched all the E.T. knockoffs instead. Yeah. <laughs> you watched Nuki? <laughs> no, I never watched Nuki. I'm not going to watch that either. I've heard too many things. Um, so, yeah. So uh, I, I guess this is a Death by Video approved movie, BMX Bandits. Yes. Yeah. yeah three, awesome. uh, three, what, we can't just do thumbs. Three thumbs up. <laughs> Three severed heads. I don't know. Three severed heads. Yeah. <laughs> Steel of a three group. dead videos. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's great. So um, we'll I was, I was to trying to think of like the last uh, movie that I really liked Nicole Kidman in. Um, I guess she's she pops up and she's usually pretty good in movies. Killing of a Sacred Deer, I think, was the most recent movie of hers. Yeah. Really liked. Surprisingly, yeah. fit in that movie. How old is she? My God, she's like in her early fifties, I think. But she's Australian. 
Yeah. Oh yes, that because of their criminal criminal history, uh, yeah. and um, uh, yeah, they're used to running away from the law, so they've mm-hmm. they've all got pretty fit bodies. Yeah, their their body has a pretty their bodies have pretty good uh, metabolisms. Yeah. I feel um, like I feel like I liked Margot at the wedding, but I can't, man, it's been like over a decade since I've seen that. Maybe I like that. I think Birth is an incredibly underrated movie. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen Birth, so yeah, yeah. Birth is very, I'd say, Kubrickian. For lack of oh, yeah, it's such a hard sell explaining the plot to me. You just need to go in cold. I'll, I'll check it out. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye. All right, so uh, that's it for this week. We'll be back soon with another episode. So for Death by Video, I've been Phil. Oh, I've been Kit. And I'm still Graham. Saying thank you so much for listening. Uh, please stay safe. Uh, keep watching amazing movies and we'll see you next time. You come from a land down under Women grow and men wonder Could you hear, could you hear the thunder? You better run